Hey there, future fans! Welcome to the first episode of Future Flicks with Billiam of 2018. That is right, with a new year comes new episodes of Future Flicks with Billiam, and I have to say the year is starting out, um, kind of weak. Of course, 2017 ended kind of weak, and the next year is starting about the same. Let's see if we can do another half-hour episode, shall we? We have some news, we have some trailers, and as always, we have some movies. This is the week of January 5th, 2018, and this is episode 72 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. I, I want to start off by saying that I forgot once again to tweet a reminder to answer the question, so we didn't get a lot of answers. So, you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, and welcome! Welcome! If you are a return listener, thank you. And as always, thank you for listening. And I know I say that each and every week, but I always mean it, and I am, I am truly thankful for my listeners. And if you are new, Welcome to the show. I'm glad you found us. So let me go over some opening housekeeping and tell you what it is I do here. So if you're new, welcome. I am Billiam, and this is Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and I give my thoughts on it. And then I give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. And that score is based only on the trailer and sometimes other knowledge I have of the movie that may have come from magazines or articles I have read. The show always opens with some news and any new trailers that have dropped since the last episode. And then we finish it all up with a question of the week. And that will go on for as long as I can think of new questions. So, how do you listen to this show? Well, you are already doing a good job if you're listening to this. Let me tell you how else you can listen. You can listen to me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app. You can also go to the Somewhat Nerdy website to find me. And how do you reach me if you want to answer the question of the week? That is a good question. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can comment on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page. You can comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website. You can comment on SoundCloud. And you can always answer the question of the week. You can answer previous questions of the week that you may have missed. I will read it. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. That's Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Well, that is it for the opening housekeeping. Let's jump into the first segment of the show, which as always is the news. According to Flickering Myth, Sony is pushing back the release dates of Alpha, the movie about the caveman adolescent and the wolf he befriends, and Goosebumps 2, Slappy's Revenge, which I believe is the subtitle. Something about Slappy is the subtitle. Alpha was pushed back from March 2nd to September 14th, and Goosebumps 2 is now going to be released on October 12th instead of September 21st. 
I like this change for Goosebumps. I really do. It means that we are going to get a... Okay, Goosebumps isn't scary, but at least we're going to get a horror-themed or a scary-themed movie during that time. Last year had a couple movies that fit the season, that really fit the season, but the year before that, 2016, had one movie, I believe, one or two movies the whole month of October that had anything remotely scary. Again, Goosebumps not scary, but at least it has a theme. Kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas isn't scary, but it has the Halloween and Christmas, of course, theme with it. In news related to Goosebumps, if you haven't heard, Jack Black is indeed returning to play the role of the author of Goosebumps, R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein, fun fact, if you didn't know, was the writer for Eureka's Castle. The next story comes to us from Variety. John Williams has signed on as a composer for Solo, a Star Wars story. So yay, it will have a good soundtrack. I mean, it's Disney. They wouldn't have hired some schlub to do their music, but John Williams is the best. If you didn't hear somewhere, Jodie Foster is super f***ing old. The 55-year-old came out and said that big-budget films are ruining the future of Hollywood. In related news, she also wants kids to get off her damn lawn and hates that rap music. Hey, Jodie Foster, put your hearing aid in and listen to this. Every year sees huge big-budget releases as well as a lot of really good indie movies or low-budget films. In 2016, people couldn't stop talking about Moonlight and La La Land, two huge movies that were small-budget movies. So you are just bitter that no one cares about you anymore. This story came to us from The Telegraph. And finally, according to Hollywood Reporter, it has happened. It actually happened. Star Wars has been dethroned as Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, moves into the top spot. That was it for the news that I noticed. And as always, if I missed a story that you think I should talk about or you want my opinion on, let me know and I will hit it up on the next episode. Without further ado, it is time to listen to me do a terrible pirate voice. It is time for the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. Alright everyone, welcome to the Trove. We have uh, we have a couple, just a couple trailers for you. We have another trailer for Fifty Shades Freed, and this just keeps looking worse and worse. And you know what, I have to say, I am really glad I watched the first two movies. Why is that? Because when I talk about these movies, it now holds more water. Even if I didn't see it, nothing is stopping me from talking about a movie I don't like. Nothing is. But the fact that I actually gave the movies a shot gives me a whole lot more to say. It also means I'm not just talking out of my ass when I talk about what a horrible movie franchise it is. I understand people have their own tastes, and even movies I don't like, I can understand that people could like them. Like, maybe you just had a lobotomy, and thus you like Michael Bay films. That's fine. I hate them. I think he is cancer to the movie industry, but you like him. Whatever. Go watch it. This is garbage. If you like this, you have garbage taste and you are wrong. All right, let's move on to something good, shall we? We have a trailer for a Netflix original movie that's coming out on January 19th, and it's called The Open House. Think of this as Strangers meets When a Stranger Calls. It looks pretty good. It, this this family moves it, or just a mother and her old son, move into a house that's being sold. So they just get to stay there for a little bit until the house is sold. They just have to disappear and find somewhere to go on the weekends. 
or actually just be out of the house during the day on the weekend so the house can be shown and then come back and live. But they start to notice noises at night and weird things start happening. Like this woman gets her or the mother gets her pictures developed. And she's looking through them, and one of the pictures that she got developed was a picture of her sleeping. And it's odd, because her son didn't do that. She doesn't know that per se, but we do. They try to get the police involved, the police can't find anyone, so there's this person hiding in their house, coming out and messing with them, and as the movie goes on, comes out more and more and messes with them more and more directly. It looks good. This shows me that Netflix is going in the right direction. Bright got a lot of shit. It got a lot of shit but I liked it. It was not a perfect movie, but it's a step in the right direction, and this is a step in the right direction. Like I said, and like I predicted before, Netflix is going to slowly move away as the home for movies that they didn't make, basically, and they're going to start making their own movies. One day, they'll completely get rid of stuff that isn't theirs, and then another streaming service will pop up and go, hey, remember what Netflix used to be? That's us now. And then Netflix will be their own service that's making really good, or at least fun, original content. And one of the trailers I missed two weeks ago is one that I changed my mind and I do want to talk about, and that's Sicario 2. It has a trailer and it looks f***ing awesome. Did you see Sicario? Of course you did, because it's a great movie. Now here's more of it and it looks just as great. Check out the trailer and just re-watch Sicario just to watch its awesomeness. And with that, my friends, it is time to step out of the trailer trove and in to our first break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Alright, and we're back. Welcome back to the show. Before we get into the movies, I just want to say this is a dual pick week, and it's not because there's so much good stuff coming out that I couldn't decide. I will tell you why later. Some of you may already know. Some of you may have caught my mistake last week and just didn't call me out on it. But we will get into that later, near the end. So let's jump into the first movie of the week, which is called the strange ones so i'm going to tell you what i think the movie is about based on the trailer then i'm going to give you the imdb synopsis and then i'll explain why i did that what i think it's about is i think that this movie is about two brothers who are traveling across america they're they're on the run from something or at least the older brother is on the run from something and the younger brother is just being dragged along with it. He he goes along willingly. He's not kidnapped, but he doesn't know the full story. Also, the little brother isn't completely right in the head. This movie is about their travels and the maybe even wake of bodies that they leave behind them. According to IMDb, mysterious events surround two travelers as they make their way across a remote American landscape. On the surface, all seems normal. But what appears to be a simple vacation soon gives way to a dark and complex web of secrets. This stars Alex Pettifer from I Am Number 4, Emily Althus from Orange is the New Black, and Gene Jones from The Hateful Eight. So, no matter what I think of the movie itself, 
this is a good trailer because it does enough to pique my interest, but it doesn't tell me a lot about the plot. That's why I gave both the IMDb premise and then what I thought. Are they actually running from something or is it just a road trip that seems to be more from the eyes of the kid just because the brother is weird and silent? Or is the brother running from something? Is he dangerous? Or maybe the kid is dangerous and he doesn't remember it. Or maybe it's all in his head because he's messed up who knows we will find out when the movie comes out but now we have to ask ourselves is it worth watching and this is one of the things that i say a lot anyone who listens to the show knows that i have a rule when it comes to movies like this and that rule is does it need to be seen in theaters and if it doesn't then don't see it well, at least don't see it in theaters. You can watch it at home. Watch it at home all you want. But every once in a while, there's a movie that d doesn't have a lot that says, ooh, you have to see me on the big screen because I need it. But the movie is good enough that it warrants it. Like, even though I missed it, I still wanted to see Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I thought it was worth a watch. And even from last year, Logan Lucky, Baby Driver, these weren't movies that needed the big screen. They would have been just as good at home, but I wanted to see them anyway. So there is this balance. There, there, There's this balance point here where we have movies that need to be seen on the big screen because they're visually impressive, because they have CG, or because it'll just benefit from the theater. And then we have movies that are good enough that even though they don't fit the criteria one, they're good enough that they should still be th seen in theaters because they're awesome. This movie doesn't fall anywhere on that spectrum. It goes to the spectrum right below, where it looks interesting, doesn't need a theater watch. The reviews already coming in are mixed, and you know me, I don't pay attention to critic reviews, but some normal people reviews are giving this a meh score. But as always, as you should always do, listen to what I have to say, but then make up your own mind. You have a brain, use it, you know what kind of movies you like, trust yourself. And like I've said before, if you need me or if you need a critic to tell you to see a movie or not, then don't see it. But as far as my recommendation, because you know what, I'm going to give one anyway because it's my show, and that is pass. But maybe keep this in mind if you want to see an indie thriller. This doesn't look bad. This doesn't look bad at all. It looks like it has some very tense moments. It looks like it has a very interesting story, and it looks like it has some good acting in it. But those three things aren't of a high enough level, a high enough caliber to make me go, boom, theater time right now. The Strange Ones gets a 5 out of 11. Next up on the list for this week is a movie called Goldbuster. The son of a business mogul must try and get rid of the final tenants in an apartment complex that stands in the way of his father's empire. The son decides to try and scare the tenants out, but finds that it won't be so easy as the tenants are much weirder than he could have ever known. Unless you're a big fan of Chinese cinema, this doesn't have anyone you'd really know, so I won't bore you with the names. I still always look just in case there's someone that was in Kung Fu Hustle or one of those movies or like a, a big one that made it over here. None of these people have, but maybe this is their movie. This is the movie that we'll point to because this looks really funny. Just think of the type of comedy from Kung Fu Hustle and Shaolin Soccer, but without the martial arts aspect. It's, it's just the comedy. And I don't know what that style is called. I don't know if in China is, is this style referred to something special. Because for us, this is what we would call or refer to as a goofy comedy. This has a colorful cast of characters and a very interesting idea. 
it's been something that's been done before, but not quite like this. We've had movies about people who live in an apartment complex and someone else wants that apartment complex demolished and thus they're trying to get rid of them. The movie Batteries Not Included was about that. That was the a movie from the 80s, I believe, with Hugh Cronin and Jessica Tandy about these pe old people living in an apartment complex and they are going to get evicted until these little robotic aliens come down and then the tenants help them so the aliens decide to help the tenants. Except in this one, it goes a little different route. So the main guy, the son of the business mogul, dresses up like a vampire and his other lackeys dress up like ghosts. And then they try and go into the apartment complex and go, look, you're haunted. Get out. But unlucky for them, it's not going to be that easy just because the tenants were like, oh, weird. That's a ghost. We're weirder. I really don't have anything else to say about this because I think it looks interesting. I will definitely try and see it. But if I miss it, I don't think I'll miss out, really. If I see it, I think this is going to be a funny movie and an enjoyable movie. But it doesn't strike me as something you really need to see. So definitely put this on your maybe list. I think everyone should have a list made up of movies that could be interesting should you happen to stumble across it. This should be one of those. Goldbuster gets a 6.5 out of 11. We have one more movie before the break, and so let's let's just get into it. That movie is called Stratton. A terrorist plans to destroy London. One MI6 operative and the team that supports him must stop him at all costs. This stars Dominic Cooper from Captain America, the first Avenger, Austin Stowell from Bridge of Spies, and Tom Felton from the Harry Potter series. You know what? You know this movie. You really do. Though usually it's James Bond or John McClane, or more recently the Kingsmen that are saving the day. Except this time it's Dominic Cooper, that's right, Howard Stark himself, or the guy who played the vampire in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Okay, there are multiple vampires, but this was the good vampire. Okay, that sounded petty, but I really don't have anything against Dominic Cooper. I like him. What I do have something against is that there's nothing that makes this movie stand apart from any of the others. This is just a Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan or Jason Bourne movie, but just on a bigger scale for some of them. This is a espionage thriller that's just below Bond level. So we may not be getting the huge explosions and colorful villains that we're used to from a Bond movie, but we're going to get something similar. This movie, like I already said, doesn't have anything to set it apart from all the others. You know what? If you ever happen to watch this, maybe it will be enjoyable. Maybe it really will be. But I have to say, I cannot recommend anyone try and see this. What we have on our hands here is a mediocre at best espionage thriller that could be interesting, but it's just not worth the risk. Stratton gets a 4.5 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, it is time for the final break of the episode before we get into the final movies and then into the question of the week. So please stay tuned for a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling?
you should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on someonenerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, what the did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, goddamn a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the final three movies, and the next movie on the list is called Day of the Dead, Bloodline. The zombie apocalypse has happened, and a group of military personnel and some survivalists eke out a living for themselves, but just barely. Some of the people decide that they want to try and cure the zombie virus. Certain key personnel are against this idea, but it doesn't matter, as zombies find their way in. The stars, no one, no one is in this. Okay, well, there are a ton of people in it, just no one famous. So I could list each and every one of them, and you would go, who? What we have here is a good old, low-budget, cheesy horror flick. And in my opinion, that's the best kind. Though I do love modern horror a lot. I love where it's going. I love The Conjuring. I love Insidious. I love all these series. But cheesy, low-budget horror always brings a feeling of nostalgia, even if it's a new movie. Because you can always tell, even though a cheesy, low-budget movie from now will look a million times better than one from the 80s, you can tell. You can always tell when it's that type of movie. They're not great movies, but there's something wonderful about them. But, but there's a fine line that we're walking here between cheesy great and cheesy awful. Unfortunately, from this trailer, I cannot tell which one this is going to be, which is why I'm not going to recommend anyone see this in theaters. The only one who may see it in theaters that I know would be Roz, just because he loves himself some horror. But for the rest of us, save this for later. Save this to watch at home. Save this for a, say it with me now, Halloween movie marathon. Because it's always good to add a new movie, something recent that you haven't seen to your movie marathon, just like I like to do with Christmas. That's why with the Billiams 12 Flicks of Christmas, I added off his Christmas party from the year before. It's just good to branch out a bit. And this is maybe how you can branch out. But as for now, as for in the theaters, this is nothing I can recommend. Even though it looks interesting, it looks cheesy, and it also looks done before. It doesn't look interesting or unique enough to put any effort in to see, outside of stumbling upon it later. Day of the Dead Bloodline gets a 5.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, you may remember that earlier in the show, I mentioned that we have two picks of the week, and I would explain why. Here's why. In the last episode, I screwed up. Well, it may not have been me. It may have been IMDb that screwed up, because they have done it before. Just ask the Watch Your Mouth podcast. In that wonderful episode where they go off on Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, and it was hilarious. But they know, too, that 
IMDb is unreliable when it comes to movie release dates. And I admit for the last two episodes, I have not done all of my homework. I've only checked IMDb because I have been a lazy ass. So that could explain why I got this wrong. Had I been right, had I done my homework, then the pick of the week this week would be Molly's Game because it is getting a full release this week. Last week was a limited release and I did not know that. So I'm not going to go over the whole movie again. Let me just give the bare bones and then we'll move on to the pick of the week and the question of the week. So Molly's Game is based on the true story of Molly Bloom, a young woman who ran the world's most exclusive high stakes poker game in the world got caught, and then fought in court to keep her client list secret. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where she basically says, this is all I have left. I have been caught. I cannot do this anymore because I'm now going to be watched. Whether or not I go to jail, I will be watched. So I cannot give up my client list. It's, it's what makes my name have meaning. So... She, with the help of her lawyer, they try to fight to keep the list secret, as well as fighting to get her as small a punishment as possible. This stars Jessica Chastain from Interstellar, Idris Elba from Luther, Kevin Costner from Waterworld, Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, Chris O'Dowd from The IT Crowd, and Graham Greene from Rind River. And if you listened to last week's episode, or maybe you missed it and you're just skipping to this week's, you should already know that I love Aaron Sorkin, and when he writes something, I just get the largest dialogue boner in the world. Because if you've ever seen any of his movies or his TV shows, you know that that's his thing. Fast, smart dialogue. Some people really hate it. One of my best friends really hates anything Aaron Sorkin does. Refuses to watch The West Wing, no matter how great I say it is. And there's no helping that. That's okay. Sure, I may tease I may tease my friend and I may tease anyone out there who doesn't like something I like, but you should all always know that it's okay if you have certain tastes unless you like 50 shades of gray, in which case you are wrong. Or if you like Michael Bay, in which case I will assume you have some sort of mental disability. But other than that, it's okay. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence. I think she is a bad actress, but if you like her, that is great. Uh, one of my co-workers loves her to death, and I don't say anything. I keep my opinion on that to myself, and I just let him do his thing. So please always know that, that if I'm talking a lot of shit about an actor or actress, and you happen to like the person, that that is fine. I do not care. And only in very few cases will I actually tell you to your face if we ever meet that you are wrong and have bad tastes. And those I have already mentioned. And if any other come to me, I will make sure to let you know on the show. And hey, if any of my pick of the weeks you don't agree with, that's fine. But this is Billiam's show. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. And that's why I give my opinions. But anyway, Molly's Game looks good. It's based on a true story. It has Jessica Chastain, who kind of plays the same character in her movies, but with enough differences that it passes my Scarlett Johansson test. Scarlett Johansson basically plays the same person in every movie, except for a few really good roles she had. She's basically the same person in everything she does, and it gets old. Jessica Chastain passes that test. She plays similar characters, but there are differences and noticeable differences that it doesn't get stale. Idris Elba is just a beautiful man. Kevin Costner is great. Michael Sarah is sure sure is a person. But enough about this movie. You've heard me talk about it before. So let me just reiterate my score and how this is the first pick of the week. Molly's Game gets a 9 out of 11. 
All right, folks, I have to be honest. If I had not made the mistake regarding Molly's game, then this movie would not be the pick of the week. I want to see it, but it's just not pick of the week material, at least not normally. The only reason it's getting the pick this time, or a dual pick, is just because of Molly's game being the pick last week, and nothing else coming out this week that really struck my fancy. The second pick of the week is called Insidious, The Last Key. Dr. Elise Rainier has faced evil a lot, but one case above all others stands out, and it's a haunting that takes place in her own home. This stars Lynn Shay, Leigh Whannell, and Angus Sampson from the other Insidious movies. Lynn Shay, of course, Dr. Elise Rainier, Leigh Whannell, Specs, and Angus is Tucker. Okay, Tucker, I actually had to look that one up. Also stars Kirk Acevedo from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Spencer Locke from Resident Evil Extinction, and Josh Stewart from The Collector. So some of you may be asking yourself a question. Hey, Billiam, why wouldn't this have been your pick of the week? Because you always talk about how much you like the Insidious series and always put it up alongside the Conjuring series, two of your favorite horror series. Well, that is true, listener, but allow me to regale you with the reason. Eh, that's my feeling after watching the trailers is, mm, nah. I definitely will watch it. I will own this movie. It will go on my shelf near Insidious 1, 2, and 3. But nothing in this grabbed me like the first three. The first three I was stoked for. The first three I put on a mantle above a lot of other movies as fantastic examples of modern horror. While people like Anne and Roz lament the loss of the slasher genre, I, on the other hand, welcome our new horror overlords. I love this sh This is my jam. And I'm so glad that the series went on even after Patrick Wilson and Rose Byne dropped out. Well, I'm not sure if they left or if they were just written out just because their story was told. I, I don't know which it was, but I like that it went on past them, keeping Elise as the main character. And just a warning, from here on out, I will I'll mention a couple spoilers from the Insidious series. And remember, I don't have Critter's 10-year moratorium on spoilers. I give a year. And the last Insidious movie came out two years ago, so you've had your chance. And for anyone who's new, my belief is that if you care enough, if you care enough to be bothered by a spoiler, then you should care enough to see a movie within a year. And just a warning for future flicks, I don't always give a spoiler warning, especially if the movie is over a year old. And I rarely give spoilers for new movies, but if I do, I always, always preempt it with a, hey, maybe skip ahead a minute. But The Last Insidious came out in 2015, so y'all had your chance. So I'm wondering, is Elise alive? Because if you remember, at the end of 3, she died. But they hinted that she kept on doing her thing as a ghost. So she would go along with Specs and Tucker. They would be the, the ghost hunters, quote unquote. But they'd basically be communicating with her, who'd be going around doing the actual work. But in this movie, it looks like she's communicating with people. So I'm wondering, is this a prequel to 3? Or even 1 and 2? Does this take place before all of them? Or is this a sequel and she is dead, but... They just, just don't hint at that. What I still really like about this series and what, what still makes me want to see this, you know, just not in theaters, is the fact that they're continuing the mythos 
of this world. The further, I think that's what they call it, the, the afterlife or the, the spirit world that Patrick Wilson had to travel through in number one, that Elise has to go back in there to find out, to solve the mystery, whatever mystery it is, on how this ghost with keys on their fi- on its fingers is around in this house haunting shit. This is going to be a good horror. The question is, do you like this type of horror? I do. I'm getting it chubby just thinking about it. This is my shit. The rest of you, it may not be. For the rest of you, maybe Molly's game is. Or maybe this is the weakest opening of a movie year that has ever happened in your eyes. Because this is the first week and the biggest movies are an Aaron Sorkin drama and the next in a series of horror movies that doesn't even have the same director anymore. This has a brand new director. He's directed like two or three things. Okay, let's see. What's his name? Adam Robitel is his name, but it was still written by Leigh Whannell, the guy, or Whannell or whatever, the guy who plays Specs in the movie is the writer of all of these. So at least we know the story is going to, well, if not necessarily be good, stay consistent. Oh, here's something I didn't know. Okay, so it looks like, of course, James Wan, the master of modern horror, directed the first two. He produced three and he's producing four. Leigh Whannell and then relative newcomer Adam Robitel is coming in for four. There is something I'm thankful for. I am thankful that we got the ending to the Lambert storyline. So anything after two is just a nice treat. We got a nice story from one and two that got a definite ending for these people. And now anything that goes on is just candy, just icing on top of the cake. So maybe you skip the movie for the first week of the new year. We'll see. There is better stuff coming out, just not anytime soon. January is a pretty weak month, though I will find stuff to like, I will find picks of the week, and I guarantee you there's going to be one movie that I'm really looking forward to, and you may even want to watch as well. Let's finish this up with a score, Insidious, The Last Key, gets a 7.5 out of 11. And now, my friends, this is normally when I would go over the answers for the question of the week, but I want to extend this one more week just to see if I can get a few more answers. I've actually gone on the Somewhat Nerdy page. I've asked my friends going, hey, what are your favorite movies of last year? And I'm getting more answers, so I'm going to talk about this all in the 2017 special. So let me reiterate the question of the week from last week. And I'd like to thank Frat Matt and everyone else who answered, who already answered. Thank you very much. You, you are done. You are done for the week. Your your work for Future Flicks is done. Take this week off and just sit back and listen. For everyone else, riddle me this. What was your favorite film of 2017? Well, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. Before I go, let me just say that I'll have my swearity totals next episode. Because I never advertised it before. I think once I commented to the Watch Your Mouth podcast going, hey, I donated to your charity. And then I started counting my swears, but I've never actually said anything. I didn't want to sound like I was begging for attention or going, ooh, pat me on the back. I'm doing good work. But then I was thinking, I don't think that about them. I don't think that about uh, Watch Your Mouth. And hey, maybe I have listeners they don't have. So maybe I can help spread the word of a charity. The Watch Your Mouth podcast has been swearing for the... Let me get this right. American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I'll give you my totals in the next episode. But without further ado, let's close the show out with our housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app. As well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars. 
or a like if that's what is allowed on the app you use. And then share the podcast, share the podcast with your friends. That's how we grow. And then leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. But I would really like the five stars on iTunes. And thank you to everyone who's done that so far. Not everyone left a comment, so I can't thank you personally. So how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN and Instagram at BilliamSWN. That's B-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-W-N. For somewhat nerdy, who knew? Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts. Also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out the friend of the show, the Bromance, the Bromance in Action, Watch Your Mouth podcast. Also check the Somewhat Nerdy sites for all of our latest blogs and news. And I don't talk about this enough, but be sure to check out Big D Movie Hunter on YouTube. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners and my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.